You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Yoris Brion. Hey, this is Yoris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I'm really excited to talk to Kieran Vipant. And Kieran, he's the CEO of My Irish Jeweler. Uh, that's an Irish online store that sells, well, Irish jewelry, uh, mainly to US customers, actually. Um, My Irish Jeweler um, initially started as a traditional bricks and mortar store back in the 60s, I believe. Um, and I believe that was under the name of College House Jewelers, but I'm sure Kieran will tell us all about it. Um, Kieran joined them more than 10 years ago, and he helped them to take the business online, and he turned it into a big success. Kieran, welcome to the podcast. Really happy to have you here. Thank you, Yaris. It's um, delighted you invited me, and uh, yeah, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, cool. So maybe just to start off, um, I, I'd love for you to tell everybody a bit more about your background, where you come from in your career, so that people can understand a bit more about you. How did you get started in e-commerce? How did you get to this point? Absolutely. Okay, so um, I was a, a freelance web designer uh, in the year, well, the early 2000s, and uh, I was uh, looking for business. And I met a jeweler here in Dublin, Ireland, who was from a generation ahead of me and uh, I'd had had run a couple of bricks and mortar jewelry stores in Dublin for decades and had really successfully sold to to the tourist community here in Dublin and had kind of specialized in, you know, Irish themed jewelry. He also really loved doing mail order at the time. So he was kind of really ready to jump online. Mm-hmm. Um, so he and I, you know, uh, started working together, set up a little website. You know, we had that relationship whereby he was the jeweler and I was his web designer. And mm-hmm. uh, a few years later, he kind of became frustrated with that relationship because, you know, he saw that he couldn't move the business forward the way he wanted to online. So at that point, uh, you know, we got together and we set up My Irish Jeweler together. And yeah, and, and we took it from there. Cool. So you are an Irish company. You mainly sell to uh, US audience, um, don't you? So that was, as I understand, already the idea from the beginning. So uh, Peter, um, uh, who, who started the business uh, in the 60s, he, he already sold uh, mainly to tourist markets uh, in Dublin, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, Peter uh, inherited his jewelry business from his father, so it's a, you know, it's a, it's really a family business uh, here in Dublin, and uh, you know, and Peter's very got a very entrepreneurial spirit, and uh, and he saw the, a little gap in the market here in Dublin in terms of, uh, you know, there wasn't uh, a shop in the city centre here that was really catering to the needs of visitors to to Dublin, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Peter set up various links with kind of tour operators and stuff like that that would swing by his store and uh, and other really kind of creative ways to uh, to pull that business into him. And he also had some uh, exclusive arrangements here with kind of local jewelry designers, um, you know, that, that only sold through his store as well. So, uh, yeah, so he kind of curated a really nice selection of Irish jewelry from local designers and presented them to that international audience that was coming in here to Dublin. Mm-hmm. And, and does that bricks and mortar store still exist? It doesn't actually. Um, Peter is, uh, he retired from his bricks and mortar store mm-hmm. in 2011. So at that point, we've been running Myers Jeweler for about four years. And uh, Peter was ready then to kind of give up the day to day bricks and mortar. Yeah. So we, we took a little office for my Irish jeweler and uh, and we grew it then every year. So we're in a, a much larger office now. And we've now uh, taken a step back towards our origins by opening a showroom here 
so we do have uh, we do have members of the public come to see us by appointment um and uh, and you know we invite them to do that on the website and uh, you know and we're we're here for uh, for people to drop into us um so yeah so we're uh, taking a step back towards bricks and mortar uh, okay after okay and and why is that is it is it to get more of a feeling with 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 your target audience or yeah, so the showroom really does uh, give our target audience the confidence, you know, that uh, even though we're we're far away here, that we're real people, that we've got a, a real kind of location and that we're, you know, they can come and see us if they want. And uh, and many do. Um, so, yeah, I think it, uh, it, it adds a lot to our online presence to have uh, a physical location that uh, that welcomes our, our customer base in to see us. Mm. And was it already back at the time when the bricks and mortar store still existed uh, alongside the the online store? Did you feel it made a difference at that point, having both um, of them? Well, yeah. I mean, the um, at that point, I suppose you know things were a lot different. You know, that that store closed in two thousand eleven, so mm-hmm. and it was kind of winding down for a couple of years before that. So you know, I feel that ten years ago. The landscape online was very different and you know and and things uh you know the branding perhaps wasn't as important back then you know as much as having the friendly customer service policies and the uh you know the excellent kind of response rates the email and you know all that having all that stuff in place along with a kind of a, a well curated selection of products was probably enough in 2009 2010 um, I think you know if it were today, uh, I wouldn't be closing that bricks and mortar down because I would see it as a really kind of valuable part of the uh, you know the brand. Mm. Yeah, and I can imagine because you have a direct contact with um, with your target audience that you learn a lot about the way they look for jewelry as well and what they find important, what not, and and what kind of questions they have, and you can feed that back into um, into your online store, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, a large part of the value kind of we've had as a business has been uh, Peter's decades of experience in, in doing that. You know, like he, uh, he has heard every question under the sun and he's, uh, uh, so, so he has that kind of, he brings that knowledge to the, the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would agree with you that if we did, you know, if we didn't have that kind of residual knowledge in-house, then you know getting it every day from your customers and even 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 though we do you know it's a, it would be very kind of beneficial to uh to get that daily feedback yeah absolutely and uh, what i like about your site as well is that um you see peter a lot on the site and i think it's important because it gives a very personal touch to it and um and i think a lot of people um m- might have some hesitations while by buying jewelry, uh, but just seeing a friendly face because Peter is a friendly face on the on the side uh, makes it, it makes it very personal and uh, very approachable. I think that's a that's a really good move, and that's probably some leftovers from the bricks and mortar uh, approach, uh, the, or, or well, the, the origins of uh, my Irish jeweler. Um, and in your in your marketing, you focus a lot on the Irish heritage, right? Um, especially in in your uh, content marketing, your emails. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, of course. Well, for anybody who isn't Irish themselves, uh, you know, a brief rundown of this is that we're an island of only four and a half million people, but uh, you know, 
about 50 million people around the world call themselves Irish. So, you know, there's do the math there. There's about 10 to 12 times as many people around the world that call themselves Irish as compared to the people who actually live on the island. So, you know, a large part of that is the the, the huge Irish American community. Um, and these are uh, these are people who strongly identify with uh, their parents, grandparents, and great grandparents who emigrated from Ireland. Um, many of them would have done so during our Irish famine in the mid mm-hmm. nineteenth century. Um, and so, you know, there's a strong uh, current of nostalgia in uh, in America towards Ireland. Um, and you know what we what we want to do is to tell Irish stories and to help people feel connected to Ireland um, because, you know, that that brings a lot of value to people's lives and, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to do throughout all of our communication. And, you know, because our personal tastes would not be to be uh, so kind of cliched or, um, you know, we like to avoid stereotypes. We like to try and uh, give a flavour of what Ireland really is today as well as uh, as well as its history, um, so yeah, w- we feel we're doing a good job in that. Yeah, absolutely. And and is it? Do you see it in in the results? I mean, um, for instance, if you, you look at your email marketing, uh, you get emails. Uh, there's a, there's a good mix between uh, or a healthy mix between like the promotional emails and the content e- emails. I can imagine those content emails probably convert less, but in the end, um, it evens out and and it keeps people engaged. Do you, yeah, uh, do you have any experience with that? Do you see any impact of um, having that mix between content and promotion? Absolutely. And, um, you know, we have a member of our team here who uh, spends a lot of time researching and writing our content emails. And, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is differentiate ourselves. We're trying to provide uh, value to, uh, to our community. Um, we're not trying to sell, sell, sell. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of our competitors do that. Like we're on their email lists, of course. And, you know, and uh, and we want to avoid that kind of hard sell approach. Uh, we believe that that's the way to kind of grow a community long term. Um, and, you know, we, we do get ex- have excellent engagement rates, excellent open rates, uh, great click through rates. And, you know, we are kind of routinely surprised by uh, what emails uh, we send out just a weekly kind of content email on these lines mm-hmm. and uh, it's always surprising where the sales that you get through them and oh, okay. uh, and in some, and in some cases you know we, we we get sales from every email we send out and uh, and in some cases you know a long form content email without kind of you know massive calls to action and big discount you know a long form content email will outperform our uh, you know kind of standard um, offer email mm. um, you know certainly in terms of uh, click-throughs and engagement with the email itself but then but then also in sales and uh, and a lot of times you know you have to remind yourself that your email landing in somebody's inbox you know it's just reminding them of your brand and, and if they're associating positive things with it you know if they are looking forward to receiving that email because they're getting some value from it you know you they then kind of remember about a birthday that's coming up or whatever and they they click through and they make a purchase on our site. I, I, I really love that approach because we as digital marketers, we sometimes are too focused on, on sell, sell, sell. And I, and I, I what really strikes here is uh, you say like, okay, they, they have to look forward to my emails. And I think if you only send promotional emails, 
at some point they're gonna uh, get bored of you and like okay i'm not i, I I'm, I'm not buying anyway right now so, but if, if you send that content emails and um and and just stay in their inbox and and give them a reason not to unsubscribe um then in the in the long run um yeah that that definitely pays off uh, i remember like one of the emails that you send was about how you say happy father's day in in in, in irish and that's um I mean, obviously, it's not it's not going to convert right away, but uh, it's just a nice touch, and and then and it, it connects with with your audience. So yeah, uh, I think you you guys do a really good job on on, on that, and it's a, it's an approach that you don't hear uh, that often. Usually, um, we all go for the for the sell, but uh, at the end of the day, um, it's it's people, and you want to you want to engage them and and respect their inbox as well, because uh, if you do too much for the promotions they're gonna unsubscribe at some point anyway because they feel it's not relevant to them at that point but if you send content emails that they can enjoy it's still relevant it always is um when yeah especially people who um yeah who, who are like nostalgic about their uh, irish her- heritage so yeah cool so yeah, um and certainly of course okay. it uh, you know it works extremely well in our niche because we have that uh, you know we're helping them identify with a part of themselves um and it would also you know work extremely well in kind of interest related any interest related niche um but i've mm. seen people do kind of amazing things with storytelling and email in in things like you know the pet food space and stuff like that you know uh, so uh, anybody can do this um you know but by finding an angle, angle, excuse me, and just injecting, injecting a bit of personality into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the key thing for kind of a small brand like us is, um, is to kind of use opportunity, every opportunity to, to be memorable. And um, for me, you know, you're not memorable if, um, if you're just sending out a discount and, and an offer because, you know, we all get dozens of those in our email every day. Um, and yeah, there is. A, look, it's, it's a, it, it depends what your strategy is as well, of course, and kind of long term. If you want to, you know, cycle through customers, um, you know, at a at a fast pace, and you can acquire them easily, and you have a product that anyone will buy, then mm-hmm. you know, and offers and everything is great. But for us, you know, our product is niche focused. Uh, it's uh, we you know it, we we don't have a product that everybody in the world will buy, so we we have to kind of um, we have to nurture our audience, you know, and we have to retain them. So that's why we take the approach we do. Yeah, right. Do you have like a, um, a, a fixed balance between promotional emails and content emails, or is it something you evaluate along the along the way, or do you say like one promotional email for every two content emails, or the other way around, or how does it go? Yeah. Yeah, I would say you know if anything we've we're skewed kind of too heavily towards content at the moment. You know, uh, that just the the team that we have here kind of feels so strongly that this is the right way to go. That uh, we all we don't really have a kind of up to this point we don't have like a professional marketer in house who maybe would be you know tempted to kind of use those tactics more often. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel at the moment our ratio would probably be you know, one kind of offer-based email to every four or five content. And, you know, and uh, and I feel we could maybe send a few more offer-based ones and it wouldn't hurt us. But, uh, but yeah, that, we definitely lean much heavier towards the content. Okay. Um, yeah, just about growing in e-commerce uh, in general, what what do you believe are, are like the keys to grow a, 
an e-commerce business in, in today's environment? Um, yeah, yeah. So for me, um, you know, it's all about uh, nurturing your brand. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if you uh, are lucky enough to make your own product, then uh, that's wonderful and you can bring it directly to, uh, to the consumer. Um, you know, if you're not, then uh, then you have to add a lot of value, and you do that through um, you're telling a great story uh, mm -hmm. to your audience that they can identify with, mm -hmm. um, and you do it also through uh, great, you know, the best media production. So, you know, uh, your photography uh, has to be better than the competition. Your your copy has to be better. Um, every aspect of your communication. Um, so yeah, so uh, but yeah, if, I, if I were to pick, or starting from nowhere at the moment, uh, then I would pick um, a business that made its own product and that can mm -hmm. tell a great story about it. Uh, you know, those if you've got those two things in your arsenal, then everything else is just tactics after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, when you look back at, at all the marketing you've done over the years, um, is there anything? that comes to mind that has worked exceptionally well for you? Um, let me see, within marketing, you know, it really is the, the email is the thing that's mm -hmm. uh, driven a lot of our, driven a lot of our growth over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, I would um, particularly, uh, not only these campaigns, you know, they would be 50% of that success, but also kind of email flows. So mm -hmm. uh, we use Clavio, which uh, mm -hmm. some of your listeners may be familiar with, but um, you know that really helps us to um, to to build out some uh, some email sequences. Um, which you know, once you set them, you set them and forget them for a while at least. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, you know, so for example, we have a, a, a nice promo on our website where we uh, send out a free ring sizer. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a reliable plastic ring sizer that we will send out to anyone on our site and uh, you know we have a, a nice email series connected with that which you know over the course of while they're waiting for their ring size we'll send them a couple of emails about uh, our statistics on average ring sizes and uh, and then we'll check in with them via that email flow after a week to see if they've received the ring sizer and you know we, we get terrific conversion rates from those emails so um, so yeah that would be uh, the best kind of marketing success we've had so far would be uh, through that. And we actually still have a long way to go to optimize that even further. Um, mm. it, it's definitely <laughs> that one is also, you know, something you own yourself as well. You know, once you pay your Clavio fees um, each month, you know, which are based on how many subscribers you have, then, um, you know, you can send as many emails as you want and you're, you know, those emails are yours. Um, right. You know, so whereas if you're talking about Facebook or uh, Google Ads or any other uh, platform, um, obviously we're all um, susceptible to kind of changes in their, how they evaluate things and what they want to charge us. So, um, so yeah, I think that uh, email has been superb. Um, I haven't kind of gone into any um, Facebook Messenger or any bots or anything like that yet. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly something interested to explore in the future and we'll, we'll need to keep up with yeah absolutely but i think email is is, is evergreen right it is as you said you you don't depend on platforms like facebook or google who change their algorithms all the time and who can 
actually put you out of business if if you rely too heavily on just one of those platforms and all of a sudden an algorithm hits you and 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 yeah it's gone and email is just yeah and especially for e-commerce and uh it's just we see for all of our clients it's just one of the the main drivers uh, of revenue and uh, especially when you uh, make use of of a platform like Klaviyo which is uh, absolutely awesome for that but um yeah well, I just wanted to t- touch upon the, the the free ring sizer that you mentioned I I absolutely love that idea um, because it, I mean, there's a lot of lead magnets or, or ways to capture email addresses and uh, a lot of e-commerce sites and uh, you just land on them and uh, they already throw a 10% discount at you. Um, and oftentimes, and that pisses me a little bit off when that's also because I'm, I'm looking at it from a conversion optimization point of view as well, but you just land on the site. You don't even know yet what they're selling and they're already offering you 10% discount. And, and usually I just click them away because I'm like, I don't even know what you're selling yet. I don't want the discount. Um, and you're already giving away uh, some of your, your profit. But what you do with the ring sizer um, is a great way to capture email addresses. But at the same time, you, uh, you solve one of, what I, I can imagine is, is one of the main problems uh, that someone has when they have to pick a ring online. Is it going to fit or not? And uh, you solve that problem and you send them the ring sizer. And it's actually, I've, I've done it myself. I've received a ring sizer with a nice booklet. I, I was, was here super fast as well. Um, and then you get a, a really good email flow afterwards. And I think it's a, it's a, yeah one of the best uh, lead magnets uh, I've, I've ever seen. So hats off to you for that. Thank you. So... Um, it, yeah, maybe if you would start over again, is there anything you would do differently? Yeah, I can only really go back to uh, that question of whether uh, closing the store was the correct thing to do. Um, and yeah, if I was to start over again with this business, um, uh, you know, in this day and age, I would see the value in that and probably keep it open. Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes sense. Um, somewhat related to that, although it's not exactly the same question, but what's like the biggest mistake you made? The biggest mistake uh, I made was hiring um, somebody before we were ready. Now, um, I suppose, you, you know, we're, we're still a small team here. Uh, we've been growing over the last couple of years and we plan on doing some hiring in the next year or two. So, um, yeah, my, our first attempt to, to hire here was just when it was myself and Peter on our own, mm-hmm. and we attempted to hire a, a marketing person at that time. And uh, what I tried to do was to uh, hire somebody who could do it all, um, and that was very misguided. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of since learned that, uh, you know, I was looking for a unicorn, and mm-hmm. uh, we certainly weren't in a position to pay for a unicorn at that point either. Um, so, yeah, I made several mistakes during that process. I, first of all, in, in believing that I could get somebody to do uh, all, of, all of that, to mm-hmm. look after all of that in our business. And then secondly, um, you know, we, we actually did kind of go, go a long way towards hiring somebody um, for the wrong reason, uh, which was, you know, uh, based on kind of availability and, uh, and salary and stuff like that, you know, uh, rather than yeah so yeah that that would be the biggest mistake i made and uh that was about six or seven years ago and uh you know made sure to learn from that and kind of bring it forward into our our hiring practices and and uh, try to think a bit more clearly about first of all what role we want somebody to fill when they enter the business and uh and you know and 
you know, approach the hiring process uh, in a more kind of holistic way. So, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, bad hire was the biggest mistake I made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's a very common one. I, I think most people uh, have made a, a bad hire at some point in their, in their career. So um, maybe as a last question, if, if there was like one piece of advice um, you'd have to give for, well, to people who want to um, grow their e-commerce, what would it be? Uh, yeah, one piece of advice would be to double down on your email. Um, there's, you know, there's huge value to be had from it. So if you uh, if you don't want to do it yourself, then uh, I would uh, hire somebody specifically for that role uh, if you have the resources, um, and or at least make it an important project that you're going to to outsource um, and focus on building out your. Uh, think of as many. Uh, scenarios uh, on your website that could trigger email sequences that could be educational for uh, your visitors. Um, you know, for me, that's uh, that's if you're not doing that already, then get going. Yeah, that's actually actually uh, excellent advice. Um, hey, Kieran, this has been uh, absolutely great, and and we could probably go on for a, a few more hours, but we're running out of time. And just want to make sure that people know um, how they can find you and learn more about you. What's what's the best place for people to connect with you? Sure. Well, you know, come and visit our website at myirishjeweler.com, uh, and if you you know want to uh, contact me personally, I'm on LinkedIn and Kieran Vipond, and yeah, I'd welcome any. Uh, any uh, contact or correspondence, just get in touch. Um, yeah, that's the best place to find me, Yara. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Kieran. It's been absolutely great. The E-Commerce Excellence Podcast is sponsored by Dexter.Agency. We help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic. Ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and, more importantly, revenue? Register for our free training, The 5 Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at dexter.agency slash webinar.